0: hits the spot, 12 full ounces, that's, Twice as much for too. that's the much is the drink
1: for you. Welcome to The Internet Says It's True, a show where we learn something new every week, part of the WCBE podcast experience. Thanks for being here and listening. Last week's story about the West End Baptist Church explosion was a crazy one. And I got all kinds of good feedback about that. Speaking of feedback, it helps this show a ton. If you go to the Apple Podcast app, that's the purple icon, give the show a five-star rating and a review. Even if it's just a few words that don't make sense, it really helps other people find the show. And since it's a pretty new show, we need all the help we can get. This week's topic comes from Mark, who sent me an email. Hey, Mike. This is Mark. I sent you a story about the time that Pepsi traded some cola for a bunch of Soviet ships. This sounds like a pretty cool topic for your podcast. You should check it out. Thanks, Mark. I agree. This is a good topic for the podcast. I spent the week looking into it, and when Mark says ships, he means it like actual naval warships. This is nuts. In the summer of 1959, American Vice President Richard Nixon and Soviet First Secretary Nikita Khrushchev met inside a home in Moscow. They were followed by countless press secretaries and aides and multiple television cameras, who would broadcast their meeting in color. The home wasn't real. It was an exhibition set up in Sokolniki Park to show off the American way of living to the Soviets. In addition to the model home, more than 450 American companies had booths set up to show off their products. A similar exhibition would be set up in New York City to show Americans the Soviet way of living. It was all part of the American National Exhibition, an effort to improve relations between the U.S. and the Soviet Union in a time when things were heating up between the two countries. The intercontinental ballistic missile had just been invented. The two countries had very different ways of living, two very different forms of government and economy, and in addition to bringing in three million visitors who would marvel at the exhibit in Sokolniki Park, it would be the site of what became known as the kitchen debate between Nixon and Khrushchev. Nixon and Khrushchev. These are the historic, almost unprecedented scenes from the American National Exhibition in Moscow. Whatever is to follow here may be important too, but for raw news interest, it is the pre-opening inspection by the American Vice President and the Soviet Premier, which will be recalled long after the first U.S. show window in Russia will have passed into memory. In front of television cameras, the two men walked around the American-style model home and debated the merits of capitalism versus communism. America was already becoming wary of the Soviets and their way of life. For the last decade, the House Un-American Activities Committee had been seeking out and blacklisting people in Hollywood who they claimed had ties to communism. During the kitchen debate, Khrushchev condemned the Americans' use of gadgets in the home, like the handheld lemon juicer. After some amount of bickering, the two men decided they should find areas where they agreed. This is where we meet one of the key figures in our story, Donald Kendall. Kendall was the head of the Pepsi Cola Company's international operations, and he was in the right place at the right time. As the debate between Nixon and Khrushchev was heating up, he helped to cool the tensions with a cold cup of Pepsi. Each of the men sipped the Pepsi, and this led to an exchange about how Pepsi tasted just as good when made with water from Russia. Khrushchev loved the drink, and a seed was planted. Now at this point in the story, we have to skip forward a bit, which is hard because a lot happened right after the American National Exhibition. John F. Kennedy becomes president, the Cuban Missile Crisis, Kennedy is assassinated, Johnson becomes president, the war in Vietnam, USSR invades Czechoslovakia. We can't get into all that because for this story, we need to jump to 1972. When Nixon became president, he was looking for ways to improve relations with the Soviets. At this point, the Soviet leader was Leonid Brezhnev, and the two countries came up with a deal to open 20 Pepsi bottling plants in the Soviet Union. It would be the very first American product manufactured there. And part of the deal was that their rival Coca-Cola couldn't be marketed in the USSR. Pepsi would ship over all the supplies needed to make cola with Russian water, and in return, well, the Soviet currency wasn't worth anything outside of the Soviet Union. They couldn't pay in American dollars because there weren't enough American dollars in the Soviet Union. So, what they came up with was something creative. Stolichnaya Vodka was a company that was owned and controlled by the Soviet government. Pepsi was granted exclusive rights to import and market Stolichnaya in the US. The Soviets get Pepsi, the Americans get vodka. Seems like a good deal. And it was for a while. But then, geopolitical tensions got in the way again. So I urge you to speak out against those who would place the United States in a position of military and moral inferiority, to ignore the facts of history and the aggressive impulses of an evil empire, to simply call the arms race a giant misunderstanding, and thereby The USSR had invaded Afghanistan. The Americans helped the Afghans defend themselves. Now President Ronald Reagan and Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev had been working to improve relations once again. But for the American public, the damage had been done. Many Americans refused to buy Soviet products, including Stolichnaya Vodka. As Reagan left office and George Bush became president, Pepsi wanted to build 26 more bottling plants in the Soviet Union. But the Pepsi for Vodka deal was no longer working. They needed to figure out another solution and that brings us to one of the weirdest trade deals in history and we'll get to that after a quick break whenever i can i try to only do business with companies i believe in it's an added bonus if they have progressive forward-thinking values like scotty vest i've been following scotty vest for quite a while i love their clothing and they're all about transparency and honesty with their customers I really like the brand and their values and the way Scott, the owner, is open and honest with his customers. From lightweight shirts to hoodies to jackets, their clothes are packed with pockets, even smart RFID blocking pockets, and they're designed with commuting in mind. Give them a look at scottyvest.com, and just by listening to this show, you get 15% off your order. Enter promo code TELLME, all one word, T-E-L-L-M-E. That's scottyvest.com. promo code TELLME, or use the link in the show notes. I know that a lot of you are still working from home and having to do constant Zoom meetings and presentations. By having a professional setup for your meetings, it shows that you care. You care about your job. You're willing to go an extra step to exhibit your professionalism. Online meetings are a lot more than just turning on a laptop camera and using your headphones. Virtual Presenter Course is an easy-to-follow online course. It teaches you how to make your online presentation stand out. From proper lighting in your home, to how to get the best sound, to making virtual backgrounds look real, they cover everything in a way that's easy to follow. And they've agreed to give you 20% off your order. If you go to virtualpresentercourse.com 30, the discount code will automatically be applied. The link is also in the show notes. You are going to love this course. Now let's get back to our story. The soviet union's invasion of afghanistan had turned many americans against buying soviet-made products so as a result no one was buying enough stolichnaya vodka to account for the amount of pepsi being sent to russia it was 1989 and there was one thing that gorbachev's government had a lot of surplus military equipment pepsi's donald kendall by the way was still involved he was retired but serving on the board of directors for pepsico the deal that gorbachev's government came up with was to give pepsi 17 diesel-powered attack submarines a cruiser a destroyer a frigate and a few oil tankers 20-some ships in all pepsi accepted this raised more than a few red flags with the american government but here's the thing these ships were pretty much all obsolete. These loud diesel submarines had been replaced by quieter nuclear-powered subs. The ships were old, rusty, and hardly usable. Even so, the government didn't like the idea of a corporation holding such a large naval fleet. That's where we get this amazing quote from none other than Pepsi's Donald Kendall. He said to the Pentagon, I'm dismantling the Soviet Union faster than you are. The ships weren't seaworthy, most of them listed to one side. They were only valuable for scrap, so as soon as they could, Pepsi sold the ships to a Swedish company for recycling, and they used that money to fund their shipping and bottling operations in the Soviet Union. But here's the punchline, and this is true. For a short time, from the time they received the ships to the time they sold them, the Pepsi-Cola company was the sixth largest naval military in the world now it's time for the part of the podcast where i call a friend and today i'm calling our friend eric tate eric is a comedian and a magician he was recently featured in the new york times for his work on the show ships of the northern fleet mr tate welcome back to the show the internet says it's true is uh is happy to have you back this is what your
0: third or fourth time on right 11 millionth time. I've been on all of the episodes. You, you just can't see me.
1: You and Eric Dittleman are are uh competing for the most appearances on the show. Indeed. Uh well, I am excited to have you here. I didn't tell you what this was about, but I did tell you that it was about Pepsi. Are you a consumer
0: of soft drinks? Uh not really. Okay. I've uh, I've switched entirely to the uh like I'm on the the bubble water train. Oh, I can't do it. Sparkling water actually, with no, no sugar or anything like that. I just I like a little fanciness.
1: I will tell you, uh I enjoyed a sparkling water for the first time this week. I'd had sparkling water before, but I actually enjoyed it this week. I had some and I was like, you know what? I like this. So maybe maybe I'm gonna join that that train with you. I don't know.
0: I just I don't know. I think a lot of the sodas are like way too sugary. Um I was never really a big Pepsi fan when I drink did drink a lot of soda, but even these days, like I just it becomes cloying to me. I don't know. I mean, like, I can't even drink bourbon because bourbon is too sweet for me sometimes. Yes. I think I I think I'm just getting I'm just becoming like a grumpy old man. (laughs) I've never all I do is just like play Lego and drink bubbly water.
1: (laughs) Well, at least there's Lego. I told my wife the other day, I was like, I would like to learn how to like iced tea because I've never liked iced tea. But it is such an adult drink. You know, no kids drink iced tea.
0: It's literally just colored water when you get it from a restaurant. I've never drank yeah. an iced tea at a restaurant and thought, "Oh boy, this is just an explosion of flavor." Yeah, but this that's is- the
1: point, right? It's like you, it, water. Water would be too boring, so you have to get the iced tea because it's, it's more. So-
0: really, just get it as an excuse to have a big pile of cut up lemons on the table because yes. you need to send a message to the rest of the lemon trees. They know what they did.
1: <laughs> I, I like lemons. I actually eat lemons. Uh, straight up, just like cut it and eat
0: it. That's I love that. I, I know
1: that oh, okay. makes me right. weird.
0: Let's play the game. Okay, let's do it. You're like you I'm Just I'm disgusted that you eat <laughs> lemons by themselves as a snack. Yeah, you're a monster. Yes, <laughs> just as a snack. What's wrong? You're a you're a monster, and oh. I'm the one with eight bodies in his trunk. And you're a monster. And what's even better is try this one. Uh,
1: slice a fresh jalapeno and slice a lemon and put the two together and put them in your mouth it's the why would you do that it's so good i can't even describe how good it is it's so good so this
0: so the jalapeno sets your mouth on fire and then the citric acid just makes it worse yeah yeah
1: this is how i I, I get my throat. i
0: regularly eat hot sauce made from carolina reapers Mm -hmm. but a lemon and a jalapeno in your mouth together at the same time with nothing else not even a bit of fish Maybe to well, be in there to make it seem fancy. But the fish is the only
1: reason I know that it works. So it started where, like, this is how I would eat smelts, you know, like when I'm eating, like, the small fried fish. But then I'm like, this is just a good combination. The fish is just getting in the way. So I don't need the fish. I just need the lemon. I, I, re- and the I regret coming on this Let's show t-
0: <laughs> all, of, all
1: of the time. <laughs> Let's talk about Pepsi Cola. Uh, right. For this first question, we're playing for promo. So if you get it right, I'll mention your new offering to the Magic community on my Facebook page. And you have two offerings right now, so I could mention both of them. If you get it wrong, you'll mention my microphone lecture on yours. The only Mm -hmm. offering I've ever had
0: to the Magic community. That's a... Mine carries weight. This feels like a lopsided bet.
1: Well, yeah, (laughs) it it does carry weight. And my single product to the Magic community has like a $49.95 price point. So... You All know, right. if you sell one of them, that's that's
0: pretty good. Well, I've endorsed it before, so I'm, I'll. I'm risking. I'm risking, <laughs> I'm risking my, my current post not being the current one. Okay. I think is what's going on. All right, that's fine. Let's pl- yeah, let's play the game.
1: During the Cold War, Pepsi Cola worked out a trade deal with the Soviet Union to trade Pepsi for vodka.
0: When and v- they ended up with a small naval fleet, and it was at one time either the second or third largest in the world. Next question. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is correct. Uh, I want you to hear the other other choices (laughs) that I came up with, though, because I put effort into them. A menagerie of more than 100 circus animals or a Russian doll painted to look like Ronald Reagan. So... The menagerie. Uh, so I thought that I might if you if you weren't familiar with the story that you might go for the menagerie of circus animals because you would think that I know your love for all things zoological and that you would like think that I chose you because of uh, the story
0: or something. But you underestimated my love for all things terrible business deals. Um, <laughs> yes. But it's an yes, amazing story. It's so it good. Is.
1: It's so good. And since you got it right. I will mention uh, your which product would you like me to push or both of them? It's totally up to you. Uh,
0: Push push both of them. You should put the Cincinnati kid did pretty well, but uh, I actually think boxed and loaded is a better product.
1: So we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are not familiar with magic or magicians. Can you can you tell them briefly what the Cincinnati kid is?
0: Yeah, the Cincinnati Kid is a gambling routine that doesn't require very much uh, skill at sleight of hand. So you basically uh, show somebody that you can shuffle a deck, and then you're able to cut the aces out of the deck, and then those aces transform into a royal flush. And there's very little skill involved. It's not self-working, but it's uh, it's a really great beginner trick if you're interested in getting into magic. And anyone can do it, and it's available at penguinmagic.com.
1: And to go a little bit, to just peel back the, the layer, I guess we've, we skipped this layer. Sometimes Uh it blows people's minds that that's how we learn magic tricks a lot of the time was that someone else creates it and then we sell it. Yeah, that's a thing that happens. You know, we we get the question all the time. If you're not allowed to tell the secret of a trick, how do you learn? Uh, And this is one of the ways that we learn is that someone who is a creative comes up with an idea, uh, a method, and they sell it to other magicians, which includes the rights to be able to perform it.
0: Mm -hmm. And you can perform the Cincinnati kid if you want, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a fun little trick.
1: Don't even have to be from Cincinnati. You can be from anywhere.
0: Nope. It's just, it's named after a movie about card cheats. That's right.
1: Now, question number two, we're playing for 12,000 internet points. Okay. Uh, so there are 12,000 internet points on the line, which of these,
0: I mean, I'm a Twitch streamer, so I think I can actually issue you 12,000 spell points on my Twitch stream. Yes. (laughs) Bits? Is that
1: what they are on Twitch? Bits?
0: Uh, no. Uh, spell points have... Uh, are, they're like channel points. They have absolutely no monetary value. Oh, that's fantastic. They, they, are only, they are only used to turn my camera on and off and change the color of the lights in my office.
1: Oh, that's great. You have your own currency once you step inside your office. This is amazing. Yes. Very similar to rubles in the Soviet yes. Union. Which of these Soviet figures was not mentioned in Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire? So I'm going to list three... One of them was not mentioned in the song. Okay, Leonid okay. Brezhnev, Nikita Khrushchev, Joseph Stalin. Uh, I don't know any of the.
0: I don't know. I don't. Uh, Billy Joel is uh... Let's go with uh, Khrushchev. Khrushchev was mentioned.
1: The okay. one that was not mentioned is Leonid Brezhnev.
0: Brezhnev. That was going to be my second but guess.
1: Brezhnev but... was mentioned in REM's "The End of the World." It's the okay. end of the world as we know it. Uh, Leonid Brezhnev, Lenny, Bruce, and Lester Bang. Birthday party, cheesecake, jelly bean, boom.
0: Where the, the lyrics there. Not an REM fan. I will, I will issue you 12,000 internet points <laughs> forthwith. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, question three. We'll move right along. For this question, we're playing for a coveted, the internet says it's true sticker. These are very hard to come by and extremely valuable uh, and what you do with it is it sticks on things. Okay. Which one of these was a real name for Pepsi Cola before it was named Pepsi? A. Dr. Pepsum's Cure. B. Brad's Drink. Or C. Pemberton's French Wine Coca.
0: I believe it's Brad's Drink.
1: You are correct. You win a sticker. The original name of Pepsi was named for its creator, a druggist named Caleb Bradham, nicknamed Brad. So his concoction was referred to as Brad's drink. The the name Pepsi comes from the fact that it helped dyspepsia or indigestion. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to throw you off with that third one, Pemberton's French Wine Coca, which if you're listening, you may have heard that. That was the original name for Coca-Cola. Yes. Question four. For this question, we're playing for a confession. If you get it okay. right, I'll tell you about a time something embarrassing happened to me. If you okay. get it wrong, you have to tell me an embarrassing story. Okay. You were recently mentioned in the New York Times for your work on ships of the Northern Fleet. Yes. Which one of these headlines did the New York Times run on February 2nd, 1992? So we're looking for one of these stories that would have been plausible in 1992. A. Berlin blockade backfiring. B. Bush and Yeltsin declare formal end to Cold War. Or C, Reagan shot, bullet removed from lung.
0: I mean, these are all plausible, is is the answer that they're all, all plausible. The only, only one of them
1: is, and I'll even go so far as to say, only one of them is from the 90s in general. Um, and, and the other two are from other decades.
0: It wasn't Reagan, because I think Reagan was shot in the 80s.
1: So um, then the other two were... Berlin blockade backfiring, or Bush and Yeltsin declare formal end to Cold War?
0: I don't think that there was a formal end to the Cold War declared, so it's got to be the Berlin one.
1: The answer was B, Bush and Yeltsin declare formal end to Cold War. So whether or not there was an end to the Cold War, they declared it on the front page of the New York Times in the headline, The Berlin blockade backfiring I took from a 1948 newspaper headline. Okay, so we're talking there the very 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 beginning of the cold war just after world war ii uh so for that one do you have an embarrassing story
0: uh sure i don't know how embarrassing it is but i guess i haven't talked about it in a while uh when i was in i want to say it was middle school maybe it was high school middle school uh i went to church uh because i was a chump and uh the uh the 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 church that I went to, they would send the middle school, the the youth group, like the elderly youth group, the the older kids to uh, group work camp was what it was called, which (laughs) sounds like it sounds like something as a punishment, but it it wasn't. It was like you would go on like a mission trip. Um, I'm an atheist now. Don't worry. Um, But uh, you would have you would go to like an underprivileged area and you would like work on people's houses, sort of like Habitat for Humanity, but you weren't building new houses. You were like working on other people's houses. And for some reason, I decided that I was going to do a Scottish accent and pretend I was from Scotland the entire time. Oh my god! And uh, some girl thought that she found me out, um, and then uh, and then I claimed that she uh, that it was a science experiment that I was doing that I was working with a local college. <laughs> oh no! And for some reason, she believed me, <laughs> um, and at some point, like the one of the the pastor, like. You're like the fun youth ministers was like, We have someone who's here all the way from Scotland and pointed at me, and I was like, Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and uh, so it was like sort of a whole thing, which was like, and it was weird because the people in my youth group knew that I was doing this, and none of them were like, The Bible says not to lie, you shouldn't do this. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, so they're like, just Well, like except
1: this, for when it's fun,
0: yeah. I, it was like, It was okay, so your your belief structure, like. <laughs> doesn't matter when I'm making a fool of myself or people believe this bad Scottish accent. Um, so, uh, when,
1: so I'm curious when the youth minister told everyone that you were from Scotland, this youth minister like,
0: knew was you. like, yeah, fuck. He's playing bass. It's cool. But, th- uh, but this person
1: knew you and knew that you weren't from Scotland. Hmm.
0: They had no idea who I was. Oh. You had to like go and like check in at a desk at the end of the uh, day. Like Cause new, they would like okay. bring you back in like a windowless van. Oh. And, uh, it wasn't meant to look ominous, but it really did look ominous because it was like, because they just like rented, like whatever it was hand. So they bring you back from like the job site and you'd have to check in and like say what you did that day or whatever. Im- so like, again, like it doesn't sound like a scared straight thing, but it's like, you know, then at night they had like, it was like a rock concert. And we watched movies and pizza parties and stuff like that. But, you know, and, and we all talked about how much Jesus was wonderful. Um, <laughs> uh, it was, it was weird and, and not fun. You, um,
1: you went into this story with your embarrassment being about the Scottish accent, but really the real embarrassment was that you used to go to a youth
0: group. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Basically it was, (laughs) I don't know. We
1: don't judge last week's show was all about, uh, you know, the, the, the people who are religious are going to love, have loved last week's show. So I make no judgments, uh, on this podcast. Everyone is welcome. Um, but the, the, what is not welcome is calling a youth group trip, uh, work camp. There's no situation in which
0: that's okay group work camp was li- like <laughs> literally what it was called i can like remember the banners of like group work camp uh, and, and there were people in my youth group who were like super on board they were like yeah
1: we're going to group work camp
0: It was just like this this is not this is not good <laughs> oh I'm, I'm not into this did you get to keep the pickaxe that you had to pick to like
1: break rocks with or
0: now it was like uh we went one time i think we went to like uh like a place that had been hit by a hurricane, but like also like the brunt of the hurricane hit Florida, so there was just like minor flooding and wind damage in this area. So like we like worked on a guy's roof, but it was like all we did was like spread tar on the roof. It was just like it was really weird because um, like the people we worked for like weren't particularly like poor or underprivileged either. It was just like it's a guy. Can paid- we come work on your house yeah. for free? And the guy was like, Yeah, sure. Do you? You the, want some iced tea? It's the guy who lemonade. donated
1: the most to the church. He gets a free roof done by yeah, the kids. it was
0: really strange. It is um, very I interesting. You know, because like with Habitat for Humanity, like I kind of get it, right? Like they're they're making affordable housing, but this wasn't about me, this wasn't about making affordable housing. This was about. Sending children who didn't know a lot about uh, uh, like home renovation to do renovations on people's <laughs> houses—it was it, it, it like it made. There were people. I was in like uh, like groups because you you get like paired off into like like small groups and then they go out and like serve the community or whatever. And I remember being in groups where, like, no one had ever done any manual labor in their entire life, and we're just like, "Well, I guess we're going to do this," and it it was just (laughs) like, "I'm sure we like left the place worse than we found it."
1: (laughs) Roof is leaking; it's horrible. Yeah. Well, uh, that is that is a fantastic story. Uh, This is our final question, and this one, as you know, is for all the marbles. And if you get it wrong, Mm -hmm. I'm banning you from the show, never to be asked on again. Okay. What is a piece of advice? You would give to 17-year-old Eric Tate.
0: Uh don't let your nieces and nephews play with your Legos because when you're 36, you're gonna be you're gonna get them back and you're gonna want to build the cool the cool stuff from the 80s and 90s, and there's gonna be pieces that are missing and broken, and you're gonna be mad.
1: That is fantastic advice. We'll we'll call that winning advice. Uh you posted a picture recently of the Legos. You just got a bunch of Lego back from your childhood.
0: Yeah, like, I uh so my The backstory there is that my therapist was like, you have to have a hobby that you can't monetize. And I was like, I'll show you. Uh, (laughs) I'm going uh, through this
1: exact same thing. One of my clients yesterday asked me if I was making money with my photography. And I had to explain, you know, that like I I would love to do that, but I really have to. I think I have to have a hobby that's not monetized so that it doesn't feel like an obligation.
0: It really is. And I tried to do like a bunch of other, you know, I tried to make it like video games or whatever, but then I started like making money on Twitch. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> now I again. have to uh, Twitch. And then I was, I was watching Lego masters. Um, Cause like, I've always like liked Lego and I was like, I haven't built one in a while. And then I, I had to go to target for something. And there was like an end cap with like a box of like, it was like a set and it was like 20 bucks. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. I'll just, maybe I'll play that. And maybe I'll just like get that like build while I was, while I'm like watching the next episode or whatever. And this sort of like overwhelming sense of like peace came over me as I was just like following the instructions and building. And it became I was like, oh, there's like it's just the meditative act of building. Like I would love to like build my own creations and stuff like that. That would be really cool. But it's not even really about that for me. Same uh, with it me? really is this like this simple is- meditative act of building uh, uh, things, whether I'm following instructions or not. And uh and so I like reached out to my dad who I knew had them still. Cause I'd like, I'd seen him in his house in Florida and I was like, how much would it be to send those out to me? And he was like, ah, you can just get them out of my house. Do you want them? And so a pallet showed up at my place, like in a box truck. Um, and the dude like on the, it was like a week ago and it was the rainiest, <laughs> it was the rainiest day in like the history of Columbus. There was like a two and a half foot deep puddle in front of my house that we carried it through. We wow. like waded through it. Um, and uh, and I opened it up and it's all it's all still there. I mean, like my, there's some stuff that's like broken or missing because my nieces and nephews play with it. But like I was I was just I think I was I was joke I was being silly, but I, uh, I guess this is for your Patreon people. But this like space police ship is like from the 80s. Eric uh, is,
1: is holding up a so Lego space was maybe one oh. of their largest collections when we were kids in the 80s. And oh, yeah. We had a ton, my brother and I had a, a ton of the Lego. I don't think we had that one. Yeah. It's like a black and purple spaceship. Uh looks like something that would be maybe out of uh uh what would be Do you remember Captain looked... Power? Remember Captain Power? It
0: was a um Yeah. you would have a ship or like would... almost like uh like a Voltron or like yeah. an old like anime space thing. Uh yeah. I just found out by the way. I just finished this 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 thing and i realized it's a prison ship so like my favorite what? toy to play with and build when i was a kid was a police prison transport it's probably because they made um, you go
1: to work camp
0: uh, yeah yeah that's, that's
1: uh it's, thank it's, you yeah, so much for coming on the
0: show man group work camp yes it's just like more more child more like more politically correct ways to to do child labor i think poor, is what is what the church poor is Poor
1: workmanship on rich people's roofs Yes. Uh, Thanks for coming on, man. Where can people learn more about Eric Tate?
0: Uh, you can go to erictate.com. It's my website. I don't update it very often, but you can uh, see me You can see me on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv forward slash suspicious wizard. The first I is a one. Uh, if you can't remember that or can't figure out how to spell it, you can just go to historicalporpoises.com and it goes right there because that's a domain <laughs> that I own that I can point to anything. Uh, and then also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at erictate, E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T and listen to me on the Penguin Magic Podcast. Just search up Penguin Magic Podcast. I talk to all of your favorite magicians about things that no one uh, ever should. I think that's the way to that's the way to promote my podcast. Yeah. I talk to famous <laughs> magicians about 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 dumb things. So,
1: no, there's some good, good really good topics on there, uh, and yep. and uh, yeah, I I listen to that regularly. Thanks again for coming on, man. Have a great week. Hey. Well, that is all for this week. Thanks to Mark for the show topic and Eric Tate for being my guest.
0: Thank you for listening to the Internet says it's true. Don't forget to join up on Patreon if you want to see the unedited video of the guest appearance or to hear bonus episodes. You can do that at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. Also, if you learned something that you didn't already know from the show, please visit iTunes and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That's the rule. You got to do it. That helps us a ton because that's how the algorithm works to get the podcast suggested to more people. And that way we can keep learning something new. If the internet says it's true.
1: The internet says it's true. I'd like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions helped to make this show possible. Sean Brown, Catherine Morgan, Taylor Hurt, Tony Ford, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, Josh Van Allen, and the show's official emperor kick track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by finite music forge and additional music. This week was from Huma Huma. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under fair use title 17 USC section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for the internet says it's true. Wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash michael kent don't forget to check out my tiktok it's michael kent live